I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Tuesday, July 12th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance and tech all, and less than seven minutes. Brett, this is going to run on July 12th. Correct. But as we record this, it is 7-11. And as 7-11, and this is your fact of the day, the Slurpee at 7-11 was invented in 1965. But there's more. Today, so Monday, 7-11, they are giving away free Slurpees. And it's also 7-11's 95th birthday, a huge day for 7-11. Well, one thing I have to say, though, Jay, is that I was a bit disappointed to find out the Slurpee was not a 7-11 invention. It was actually invented at a Dairy Queen and the dispenser of the soft drinks. What are they called? The soft drink machine. Yeah. It broke. And so we put it in the freezer and he took it out. People started liking the frozen soft drinks. And that's where the Slurpee came from. And then 7-Eleven just got it and started making it their own? That's the disconnect. I don't understand what happened there. I don't know, but it must have been a huge battle. But I am a, this is very local, so are you ready? Yeah. I am from Natick, Massachusetts. And in my neighborhood, Natick, Massachusetts, two things we're known for. One is Doug Flutie. Yep. The other is the longtime Dairy Queen down the block from where I live. It's the reason why the grandkids want to go home all the time, because they get to go to Dairy Queen every night with my parents. It's just one day. Like, it's not, you didn't invent Dairy Queen there. No. It's just a Dairy Queen location. It is a Dairy Queen location that predates Dairy Queens with food. Like, it's been there, I don't know, 60, 70 years. Like, I have to say, I'm not that impressed by that. There's lots of Dairy Queens around. No, this predates all of that. Brett. Okay. Aside from the Dairy Queen in New York, (laughs) 7-Eleven, Slurpees, and you making fun of my hometown, what do we have for Pete Pals today? Well, we got to do a live show there, Jay. Someday. (laughs) Look, for our first story, energy companies are starting to make TikToks. For our second story, cruise ships are polluting the BC coast. And for our last story, BNPL firms are taking a real hit. For our first story, and we'll pull this from the file of things that a company shouldn't do, there's a new content creator on TikTok energy companies. Brett, how is Shell going to come up with the latest and coolest and hippest TikTok dance? Well, that's your first problem, Jay. Dances are so 2020. Look, they're going to start by recruiting a TikTok manager as well as other social roles. I'll be applying for all of them, Jay. As oil and gas giants seize the opportunity to improve their public image, this was all per the Financial Times. Now, Jay, you know, the peak pals might be wondering, why on earth do energy companies need social media? Yeah, especially with their public energy is so, so good. Well, Brett, as the war in Ukraine squeezes the global energy supply, which is causing the energy crisis we're all currently living through, companies like BP, Chevron, and the American Petroleum Institute are using online campaigns to push an expansion of domestic capacity as a solution. Now, social media feeds are flooded with ads promoting, quote unquote, homegrown energy. As companies pump the narrative that their products are a matter of national security. But Jay, look, me personally, I love nothing more than some fresh Canadian oil. It tastes better. (laughs) It's so good. Shell also told the Financial Times it hopes to engage young people by demonstrating the company's role in the energy transition and that the successful job candidate will catapult Shell into becoming one of the best content creators on TikTok. It's about time. It's about time. Look, as governments worldwide make pledges to phase out fossil fuels, regulators are increasingly concerned on how companies market their environmental credentials. And so this kind of brings it to the bigger picture here, Jay. Why does Shell think getting big on TikTok matter? Well, Brett, when it comes to their public image, these companies are really used to playing defense, thinking about scandals around oil spills and human rights violations, corruption allegations, you know, the big three. But they're now using social channels to spread the good word, at least, well, about themselves. 
the good word and DJ, the conversations around energy supply and transition. We're just getting started on this. And by the way, it's really ramping up if you've been following what's going on in Europe. And so we can expect to see more content from those trying to get at least their two cents in, which is what we've all been waiting for. For our second story, now ever wonder where all that nasty stuff that accumulates on cruise ships end up? Those ships are huge, Jay. It turns out that a lot of it goes right into the beautiful waters just off the BC coast. And this is at least according to a new report examining the cruise industry's environmental impact. Now, Jay, I got to ask, what do you mean by the nasty stuff? <laughs> well, I think it's what you think it is. But when you stick thousands of people together on a big boat, you're going to get a lot of waste. Every year, cruise ships dump 31 billion liters of waste, including toxic sewage, oily bilge water that collects the bottom of ships and other lovely liquid concoctions off the Canada's West Coast while navigating up to Alaska. This is what the report claims. You stir the oily bilge water up with some fresh Canadian oil and you've got yourself a beverage store. On a one-week trip up and down the coast, a large cruise ship will produce 1 million liters of human sewage eight tons of garbage, and 8.7 million liters of gray water from sinks, showers, and laundry. Gray water, too, by the way. Delicious. <laughs> All that toxic waste threatens marine life off of BC, of course, including key habitats for orca whales. Also, it's just gross to think about. It really is. And here's why it's happening, in case you were interested. So Canada's laws on dumping are less strict than the rules in the U.S. So cruise ships will wait until they are in Canadian waters to charge that waste. Once they pass that parallel, they open up the taps. It's fair game. You know what they should do? They should just get on TikTok to talk all about this stuff. Well, earlier this year, the federal government announced a plan to bring in new regulations aimed at reducing the impact of cruise ships. But for now, they're just entirely voluntary. But here's the thing, Jay, there's actually like a bigger economic story at play here. So cruises are worth around $4 billion to Canada's economy, and they boost the tourism sector. There's hundreds of thousands of people that go to Vancouver every year on cruise ships. But so long as the U.S. enforces stricter regulations on dumping, there's little incentive for the industry to clean up its act in Canadian waters. And for our last story, the latest victim of crashing tech valuations, buy now, pay later commonly known as BNPL. So Brett, what's going on in the BNPL sector? It's more like buy now, pay never these days, Jay. Look, Klarna was once Europe's most valuable private tech company, and it saw its valuation fall from $46 billion to $6.7 billion. That's a big drop in the company's latest funding round. Yeah, that is a big drop, Brett. See, as e-com boomed, so did BNPL, a new form of credit that lets you divide payments into installments. Now, Rising interest rates mean margins are tight, consumers are spending less, and some might not be able to pay back their loans at all. I think at one point, their rival, a firm, reported that like 70% of transactions were just Pelotons. Oh, They're probably just sitting dusty in everyone's condos. Look, Clara's $800 million round, or four payments of $200 million, depending on how you look at it, brought in the Canadian Pension Plan Investment Board, CPPIB. That's our fund that we all pay into and the United Arab Emirates Sovereign Wealth Fund as new investors joining Sequoia and Commonwealth Bank of Australia. And just over a year ago, Klarna was valued at $46 billion after a $639 million funding round led by Japan SoftBank, the investment group famously known for backing WeWork. You know, it must be terrible that they get tarred with that forever. But look, Here's why it all matters. Adoption of BNPL is expected to grow by 36.1% in Canada, according to an industry report. But as companies face growing competition from mainstream lenders and big tech players, Apple just released their own BNPL equivalent service, 
our collective investment through CPPIB and Klarna may be on the line. I guess I'm rooting for Klarna now. Well, we'll just have to ride this one out. Get it? That's a Peloton joke. Sorry. You had to connect too many dots there, Jay. <laughs> Sorry. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, by the time this runs, my brain freeze from the free Slurpee will be gone, hopefully. Oh, brain freeze is the worst. It's the worst feeling in the world. It's not great. It's not even worth getting a free Slurpee just because it's so bad. I haven't had a Slurpee since I was seven, Jay. I'm going to get one delivered to you right now. Have a good day, Brett. Thanks, you too.